Shio, it's Shiyashi here, back for another mini episode. As most of you know by now, Maggie, Ash, and I are all tribal citizens of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians. The EBCI is a tribe with a little over 16,000 members and is the only federally recognized tribe in the state of North Carolina. A majority of tribal citizens live on the Cherokee Indian Reservation, or what is more accurately called the Koala Boundary. One of the problems we run into during our time on this podcast, and I say problems very loosely, is that we really try to bring awareness to the many different indigenous tribes that there are. So often we see people group all indigenous people together without really understanding that there are so many different languages, different traditions, cultures, clans, history, symbols, and mythology. Too often in our recordings, we have to pare down how much we get into the historical nature of these tribes because we don't want to take away too much from the story we're about to tell. With that being said, I'm not going to go into a full historical background of the EBCI, even though I really, really, really want to because, you know, represent. What I think is important to say for the purpose of this mini episode is that the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians has at least 17 missing and murdered Indigenous women with only one of our tribal citizens that I found that was listed on various other MMIW databases. Our goal here at We Are Resilient is to bring awareness, to make sure the names of our stolen sisters are remembered, and we would not be doing our part if we did not ensure that the names of our stolen EBCI sisters were shared. And they are Jacqueline Davis, Melinda Cato Lader, Hermie Elizabeth Sequoia Queen, Ollie Cucumber Hornbuckle, Bethna Sue Bradley McCoy, Stacy Bigwitch, Mary Catherine Haymond, Patricia Louise Mount, Martha Joyce Driver Tisateski, Benita Jumper Gregory, Carol Dina McCoy, Lucy Wildcat, Lucinda Littlejohn, Tamara Shea, Marie Walking Stick Pheasant, Eva Blythe Blevins, and Danielle Brady, which brings us to our story today. On October 5th, 2020, 911 operators in Jackson County, North Carolina, received a call reporting an unresponsive woman lying on the shoulder of a road and a man spotted trying to load her into his truck. On their way to the scene, police were alerted that a bystander had stopped to help this man load her into the truck, and now the truck was heading east on U.S. Highway 74. The driver was Billy Jack Hicks of Whittier, a 48-year-old man who had a long history of arrests that included violating a domestic violence protection order, various probation violations, assault on a female, and simple assault. As the police pursued the vehicle, Hicks did not stop until he reached a local hospital. It was there the officers discovered that the woman was Danielle Brady, Hicks's wife, and Danielle was unresponsive with a gunshot wound to the head. Now, it was reported that Hicks initially told investigators that the gunshot was self-inflicted, but after a short investigation into these claims, charges were sworn and a warrant was made for the arrest of Hicks for assault with a deadly weapon inflicting serious injury. On October 6th, Danielle would end up succumbing to her injuries. She was only 34 years old. Hicks would be arrested the next day on the Koala Boundary in North Carolina. It was also reported that officers believe that Hicks shot Danielle with a 9mm handgun, but few details have been released surrounding the attack and the circumstances that led to the shooting. Hicks is currently being held in the Jackson County Detention Center under a no bond. I wish I could tell you more, But the truth of the matter is, is that the information is just not there. Now, don't get me wrong. I found articles, multiple ones, in fact, but each one had the same information as the one before. The same story. The same story I'm telling you today. Danielle was a person. She was a wonderful, beautiful daughter, sister, and mother to two beautiful children. 
Nothing in those articles tell us who Danielle was. Nothing that humanized her. Nothing that shown that she was a person who has family and friends who love and miss her dearly. In doing our research, we found that it's even more apparent that people of color are just not represented in the same light or with the same urgency as non-people of color. It's just the reality we are in. Even with what we know in terms of the inequities that exist for indigenous people, the statistics are scary. The Human Trafficking Search, or HTS, did a report that stated that, quote, Native women experience violent victimization at a higher rate than any other U.S. population. Congressional findings are that Native American and Alaska Native women are raped 34.1%. More than one in three will be raped in their lifetime. 64%, more than six in 10, will be physically assaulted. Native women are stalked more than twice the rate of other women. Native women are murdered at more than 10 times the national average. Non-Indians commit 88% of violent crimes against Native women, end quote. It's a new year, people. We are now in 2022, and there's still so much work to be done. The more research we get into, the more it feels as though the odds keep stacking against us. That as Indigenous people, we constantly struggle with lack of resources, lack of funding, lack of understanding, lack of compassion. We get called drunks, junkies, that our casinos are to blame for our problems, and that we somehow brought this fate upon ourselves. This month is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. The same report from HTS released information in 2018 saying, quote, The prevalence of sex trafficking of Native Americans is not solely based on the multiple risk factors associated with the community. It is, in many ways, a continuation of the marginalization of Native populations in the United States. Native women have been fetishized, bought, sold, and traded since initial European colonization of the American continent. The trauma experienced by tribal nations at the hands of the U.S. government has contributed to high levels of poverty and substance abuse, as well as isolation and distrust of authority that can both increase the likelihood of trafficking and complicate the legal response, end quote. Fact is, we know that human trafficking is a big problem everywhere. It can happen to anyone, any race, gender, or age group. It shows up in the dark history of this country that often goes ignored and the largely ignored past of residential boarding schools, which, I'll remind you, its entire existence was based on completing cultural genocide and assimilation. To kill the Indian, save the man, that it has its own history of violence and sexual abuse. And we know this because we know the survivors. There's a lot of work to do, but we have to start somewhere. We have to open our eyes. In the show notes and on our social media, we'll be posting and sharing information on how to spot human trafficking how you can report it, and other resources sharing on how you can help end human trafficking in your community. We hope to bring you updates on Danielle's case as we get them, and we sincerely hope you remember her name, along with the many other EBCI women whose stories have somehow fell through the cracks, and their stories are the ones that we will work to continue to cover in the future. If we have missed anyone from the EBCI, please know it was not intentional, and if we did, please send us an email at weareresilientpod at gmail.com so that we can be sure that all of our stolen sisters will be remembered. We'll be back next week on January 10th with a brand new full episode. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Are Resilient Podcast or visit us at www.war-podcast.com. Skate.